1: Hey, everybody. Welcome to Snark Monkey number, I'm going to say, 16. Joe Cipriano. Here we go with another episode of a guy whose voice I know you know, and you have probably heard more times than you can even imagine. In fact, we discover right away that even I have heard it more than I can even imagine. Uh, this is a guy who has been doing, actually almost almost his entire career has been built around high-profile promos for national television. Now, he's done much more than that, but he's got a very distinctive style, a very distinctive voice, and it was something that just kind of caught. This He's got a great story about how he basically started on the road to what has become a very successful career in promo voiceover commercial voiceover radio imaging Uh, and we geek out a little bit and get a little radio nerdy at one point because there was a time back in the ancient period known as the 80s look it up kids where joe and i worked at the same radio station the biggest radio station on the planet at the time 102.7 kiss fm playing the hot hits for all of Southern California. So uh, we definitely get a little nostalgic about that. But also, we get a little insight into a very particular type of work that Joe has managed to perfect and continues to try and perfect. His work ethic, his attitude, his story is... um, is really fun. And it's largely been documented in a book that we mentioned called Living on Air, which is available out there in the world. So check that out or look on the Snark Monkey site for links and stuff to that. But let's get into it. You'll recognize his voice right away. Uh, Joe Cipriano, an awesome guy, a dear friend. You know, is he a dear friend? I like to call him. I want to I do that little show busy thing. A dear, dear friend, Joe Cipriano. But is he really? As his wife and I and my wife and him, have we all hung out, you know, done dinner parties, gone to galas? No, but I still feel like he's a dear, dear friend. I'm going to call him a dear friend. My dear friend Jim... <laughs> That is not a big hint, by the way, that the Ciprianos and the Morgans need to hang out, Joe, okay? That's, really, I, we're not, we, we don't like people. I'm just saying, I consider you a dear friend, despite the fact that we don't socialize at all. Well, now I'm not really sure I like you at all. All right, here he is, Joe Cipriano. Check it out. Uh, Snark Monkey number something. 16? Sure, let's say 16. Pretty sure it's 16. Just do music, please. to adjust that, and you can wear cans if you want to, or you can just talk to me like a normal human.
0: Let me see. They're,
1: well, they're cheap ass. I mean, they're not the you know the solid gold ooh, headphones you normally yes, wear. You sound good. I know we got some. Wait pro- a
0: minute. You got the processing. I got crap over here. No, I think you got a little oh, something okay, on you. All right. You got okay. a little
1: something on you. I think we're Hello. pretty even. <sighs> let's let's hear let's hear a little. Let's get a little level from you. Sunday. Hmm. Wow. <laughs> on NBC.
0: It's an all-new Heroes. Now, you've never done stuff like that. I did. I did all the dramas at NBC for about a year and a half. But you did that? I did that. That voice? Yes. Let me hear some more of that. Here. Uh, let's see. How would I do that? Yeah. Uh, I'm, I. You <clears> know what? <throat> I
1: probably heard it and didn't even recognize No. You, you.
0: Nobody knew it was me. Not even my agents knew <laughs> it was me. Did they get you the gig? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, the, the story is that uh, I was working at CBS, and CBS decided to make a change. And axed me immediately, you know, I mean, not immediately, uh, suddenly. You were on CBS for how long? Uh, I had been there since 97, and this was probably about 2005. Okay. And um, so they decided to make a change. And, I you know, I, I was like, more than half of my income was gone. Yeah. You know, after oh. that. So I heard from a friend that NBC was looking for a drama voice, and I thought, well, I'll give it a go, you know. So I produced a drama demo uh, in my home studio, and I put it all together, and I, I pulled copy from off the Internet, and I, I, I did some, some movies that were out at the time. My daughter was a teenager. I said, what's the hottest song right now that everybody's playing? And it was uh, Hollaback. And I put Hollaback underneath oh, some Gwen of this Stefani, stuff. Oh, Gwen Stefani, okay. Yeah. And um, <laughs> I, I produced this thing with this, you know, Tonight on an All-New Heroes, One Man. One woman, Lair dog, <laughs> and uh, so I I sent it to my agent, and they I, went. I, I oh my God! I didn't know you had that down in there somewhere. <laughs> I've never heard you do that. I did West Wing and ER. Oh my God! a show called Heroes, and um, I'm
1: sure I've heard you now, and I didn't know that was
0: you. It, it's yeah. Well, let's pull up the demo right now. Okay, can we? Uh... <laughs> That's where I'll insert that. Later. Exactly. Um, because... Oh, shoot. We were already recording. Oh, yes. yes. No,
1: this is all going oh, down on Let me posterity. see what happens when I do this. No, don't. Oh. <laughs> it makes you cough. The oh, cough. Yeah. it did. Yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay. Those, you always wonder about those cough buttons. <laughs> this one actually is attached for a thing. <laughs> it works. Oh, Joe Cipriano. Oh, Lairdog. What can we possibly talk about that isn't already in your best-selling book, Living on Air? <laughs> Adventures in Broadcasting. There's the first big plug. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. It, doesn't, it doesn't need Ride a fanfare. A you actually got a lot of attention on that. You ended up on a lot of TV doing yeah, that. Yeah, we did a lot of TV. That was fun.
0: You really, I mean, uh, you were on, what, Fox News? And uh, the Fox Morning Show. Fox Morning which Show. Which was a really fun They were they were a lot of fun. A lot of my friends who were extremely liberal wouldn't talk to me for a month and a half. (laughs) I I said it wasn't about it's not about that. I was going to ask you about that. I mean, you didn't book it. It's like, no, exactly. You had to agree to it. But but... you know what? They had a lot of fun with it. They created, you know, this idea that they were going to hide, you know, my identity and just hear my voice for a couple of segments (laughs) and then do a big reveal. And that was fun. And I did the CBS morning show, which was great. And a bunch of locals, you know, like uh, in Washington D.C., the Fox Morning Show. Right. I did morning shows all over the all over the country. That was which fun. Was I, I know. I saw you kept
1: popping up on places, and yeah. I think people do have this fascination still uh-huh. for the face, yeah. of the guy that they hear are hearing all the it's time. Interesting. What's the thing that um, you kind of? Had to bring up all the time that was the most identifying
0: thing about your voice for them. Was it the Fox stuff? It would be Fox stuff. It would be Sunday, it's an all new Simpsons on Fox. Right. (laughs) <laughs> followed by King of the Hill or something like that, you know. Yeah. Then
1: it's an all new, you know. Oh rhythm. God, yeah, yeah! And one of my very good friends, also the very first podcast on Snark Monkey, yeah. uh, James Arnold Taylor oh, is boy. is James. the on well, Fox guy. Yes,
0: he is so good. So he you does guys the whole balance each other out. the whole animation uh, dom- domination, domination thing. thing on Sunday night yeah. and his live show that he does. About voiceover, about his voices, and about the challenges in his life is stunning. Yeah, it's amazing. Did some of that resonate with you? Because your oh. book,
1: um, your book is great, and I I want to try and talk about something that isn't feel like you've talked about a million times because you you do cover it in the book. But let's let's just give the nutshell. Mm-hmm. Where were you born? Waterbury, Connecticut.
0: All right. And <laughs> what did your parents do? My dad was a foreman at Scoville Manufacturing, mm-hmm. and my mom was a housewife. She worked early on. Uh, in uh, the uh, Peter Paul um, Candy Company oh, in really? Naugatuck, Connecticut, <laughs> on the assembly line, a la Lucy and Ethel, yeah, she met her best friend. Her Ethel was Faye Marinelli, and my mom, whose name was Ermina she was 16 years old and working uh, they would wrap candy on the on the, the line this is a movie down. you saw and you're making all this up <laughs> no this
1: is really that, true. You, it's like some sort of norman
0: rockwell well oh, i'm home from the candy factory <laughs> yeah, exactly. son exactly and when faye her best friend for life uh, found out what her name was ermina she said hell i'll never remember that i'm just going to call you pat and she was <laughs> pat for the rest of her life my dad called her pat she was aunt pat you know oh how yeah, funny yeah, everybody yeah. adapted yeah uh adapted. siblings my bro, yeah, my brother, yeah, uh, Henry, mm-hmm. and he is uh, nine uh, nine years older than I am. I was a surprise. Oh, there. oh, I, I was just a say, bit of a surprise. That's a pretty big gap yeah, there. Right. Um, they figured, well, we're good now. Oh, <laughs> crack. Look at this guy. Oh, jeez. So, so yeah, he uh, he is a. Uh, the interesting thing about him, he knew he wanted to get into computers. Back we're talking. Why are you doing the air quotes? Well, computers in like the '60s. Oh yeah, you know, well those were mainframes that took up giant rooms. Exactly. I have pictures of him in these. He would program using key punch operators and all those key punch cards. Yeah. And uh, uh, he was working for Uniroyal. uh, Nogatuck, yeah, Nogatuck Rubber, and. They wanted to put their payroll—they uh, wanted to computerize their payroll in 1967, 68, which was unheard of. Yeah, that's So pretty, he had to write it. Oh, they're jumping in—that uh, yeah. was a big leap forward oh, for a amazing. major company. And then they did their invoicing that way. So he actually had to write those programs, and they would load them. There would be boxes and boxes of key cards, you know, to load in the, the program.
1: So how in the hell— did you, in that environment, become this guy? Well, I mean, was there was was there any showbizy? I mean, were people was did you have a funny well, family? Or I always there... had
0: jazz hands. <laughs> you and were born with those. Yes. Is that I, an affliction? Did they I, try and break? I don't you know. I I always think it's a gift. <laughs> I came
1: out of the womb going. Wah! <laughs> Um, you wanted to be in show business early on. Tell I me, did, this is the but thing. I had no talent whatsoever. Oh, come I, on. No, I couldn't sing. I, I couldn't do
0: anything. So
1: what, I, but what was the thing? I always like to ask, and I know this is in your book, but what, what was the thing
0: that flipped the switch? What was that moment that was like, oh. Right. Well, uh, I, I'll tell you one thing. For show and tell in third grade, mm-hmm. uh, I, what I would do is I would write a play. Uh, every week, and I would perform a one-man show. This is how old? Uh, this was at, what's third grade, I don't even know. So it was, was like eight, nine? Yeah, eight or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what happened was in fourth grade, we went on a uh, a field trip, our our school, our fourth graders, went to Hartford, Connecticut, to WTIC, AM, FM, TV. Oh. At Broadcast Center, or whatever they called it. You know. And you knew the station? This
1: was the one you listened to?
0: It, it wasn't. It was no. an old line station, but the TV station we watched, there were only two TV stations in Connecticut TIC was the CBS affiliate and Channel 8 was the ABC affiliate. So we went to Broadcast Center and we toured, you know, the studios for TV, which I thought, wow, that's amazing. But then we were walking down the hall, much like a hall here in your beautiful Broadcast Center. Thank you. In lovely Sherman Oaks, with in exotic big, Sherman Oaks, California.
1: Big windows like this. Yes, and all and, of them uh, closed to protect your privacy. That's
0: <laughs> true. Thank I don't you. Want, I don't want I appreciate mobs that.
1: of your fans staring at you to distract <laughs> you.
0: We are standing in the hallway. There's a speaker in the ceiling, and we hear these two guys, you know, just telling jokes and having a great time. They turn around, zzz, look through the window. There are two guys on the AM, on the radio station, uh, just having a blast and waving at us kids, you know, outside the yeah, window in the yeah. hallway. And I couldn't take my eyes off of them. And I noticed all the girls in the class couldn't take their eyes off <laughs> of
1: okay, them. Okay, I, thought, I oh, see. Might be something.
0: So while I thought, wow, that TV thing is is really cool, this, now this I think I can do. This would yeah. be fun. radio stations have always
1: had, for people who saw them for the first time, and I think they still, to a certain extent, do because they're not really shown that much. You don't have... Uh, I mean, we had WKRP. I mean, but you don't have this kind of real uh, common uh, visualization of what radio stations look like right. and what's going on. And it still has a, enough of that theater of the mind that yes. it feels like a magical place. It and does. it certainly does mm-hmm. in that era as a kid oh. when you never really understood how it was coming out of that no, little box. I thought the
0: jingles, you know, WW, CEO, that there were a group of people, you know, and they're at, the, singing. at the station singing. You sure. Know? I figured that's how that works. You know? <laughs> they're always hanging around.
1: I got that down. Yeah, and when you see, I mean, any kid, if you were like me, any any kid that looks and sees a bunch of flashing... Larry, nobody is like you. No, I nobody. think a lot of people are like really? me. Okay. Yeah, they just don't want to admit it. <laughs> but you start seeing those flashing lights and all the buttons, and you're yes. just like, I, oh. I, I don't know what any
0: of those do but i want to start you know what that was one of the really the 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 big the big draw was wow you know working on all this yeah. kind of stuff it's and, a visceral yeah. thing it's like Beautiful. ooh it's like it lo- yeah. almost looks like you can you're flying a rocket ship back then you had to go and get your third class license from the fcc <laughs> that's right did you have a third class license i actually was in the
1: process of having to study for yeah. whatever freaking test they had right. in what was it 19 19- Maybe you remember this. I I applied for my first radio job in 1978, I Uh want to say. And I think that was the year... Where they said, th- okay. they said,
0: ah, you don't have to do this anymore. Wow. Yeah, we'll just give you one. <laughs> yeah. I wonder then, because you used to have to take the transmitter readings and do all that stuff. I did have stuff. to do that. I was yeah. working at an AM station, so every
1: two hours or yeah, whatever it was, to I had do to that. go over to the big giant thing and push all the buttons, and I didn't know what I was doing. Actually, and this is my, and you probably have an experience <laughs> like this too, and it was such a sense of power. I was 15, yeah. my first radio job, mm. and I, uh, luckily I had the chance to, to work with Casey and tell him that. This because every other disc jockey probably has told him the same story and i've yeah. heard them tell this story that my first job was running american top american 40, top 40 yeah, yeah putting on vinyl mm-hmm. and flipping the records over and yeah. sometimes getting them out of order because i was dope <laughs> um and but i was 15 years old so i couldn't even drive to the station which was an am station outside the city limits so i was done at midnight. i would run four hours of casey Kasem. Um. Remember Powerline?
0: Powerline, yes. <laughs> Powerline rock. was a what kind of a religious it was based? A, it was
1: a Christian rock,
0: yeah, thing. Um, but was, a lot of times it was the only top forty music, or at least contemporary music, on the air on d- a Sunday depending night on the station. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think that was an hour, and then
1: there was a local Lower show line. that uh, a guy named Gary McCollum, and he, he goes by uh, Chris McCoy now. Uh, he it, the 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 one. African American face in the entire station was was Gary McCullum, and I still am in touch with him. He did a show called Soul Patrol between eleven and midnight, uh, which was very funky. Yeah, and 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 West Texas couldn't handle uh, anything that funky until eleven o'clock on a Sunday night, and then on on Sunday nights only, uh-huh. I would walk over to the giant. Uh, RCA transmitter and click the red button off Off. because we would power down until 5.30 the next day. Right, right. And the the very first thing I ever got to say on the radio was about three (laughs) months in, they finally gave me the little card where I got to pop on the mic and go... The, this ends K.
0: This is K O Z broadcast day. K O Z A's owned and operated by Odessa Broadcasting.
1: <laughs> we and, now leave the air. And I would be the one, dun, 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 a fifteen-year-old in charge of the radio station. Yeah, I would close it, it, lock the door behind me. I yeah. didn't even have a key. And my mom is sitting in her house coat in the radio in the station wagon in the parking waiting lot, waiting for you to come out, pissed <laughs> off at me that I had this job. So yeah, I, I just have
0: to tell you, when I was 16 years yeah. old and working at an AM radio station, right. WWCO, and you, you may have heard this story before, but it was during the Vietnam War, it was 1969, and we would have to do a minute uh, of news, you know, that you would rip off the wire and sure. it'd be just headlines. Yeah, the AP wires, and yeah, they're clacking away. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Our AP wire... And our UPI wire, we didn't have a lot of space in the radio station, so it was in the men's room. It <laughs> so, was, yes, it was. That's fantastic. And it was just that clack, 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 clack would be echoing, you know, all over the place. <laughs> yeah, the acoustics were. And great. of course, that extra paper came in handy uh, if you needed to wash <laughs> you know, wash your hands yeah, later. And, <laughs> rip, and dry and, off. rip and read, indeed. But I would rip the wire, and heading back into the into the studio, it was. All stories about the Vietnam War. So it was all these towns in Vietnam. Oh, no. I had no idea how to pronounce any of these all things. All these regions and, yeah. And so you, you'd start the news and you, know, you get through one story and then I know it's coming up. And, I, and so I'm getting there and I'm getting close. And as I'm coming up on the story, I reach over to my left to that button that you're talking about on the transmitter. Right. And flip it. <laughs> right in the middle of the newscast. I wait like about 10 seconds, flip it back on and say... And that's news. Now let's look at Waterbury weather.
1: <laughs> so you uh, did, could avoid having to say the yeah. Vietnamese area yeah, exactly. Oh. D- didn't they also used to g- even give you in parentheses like the yes pronunci- the
0: pronunciation, which, which n- didn't help n- at n- all. N- didn't help. No, at impossible
1: all. to get to struggle Plus, through. I those. was like
0: a sophomore in high school. I mean, you know, I, I hadn't gotten <laughs> history or comment or current events hadn't gotten to the Vietnam right. War yet. I used to mess around with, uh, I worked on the FM of that station as well, and we used to on Sundays have a live show from Quasipog Park in Connecticut, Oof. and it was our afternoon guy. On the- so you could say Quasahog, but you couldn't. <laughs> I couldn't say. <laughs> Penang Peng. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> the afternoon guy, it's a country station, afternoon guy had a band, and he would perform live, and we would broadcast it live on the air. And I knew from being there that they all wore headphones, and he relied on those headphones to hear the music and monitor what he was doing. So what they would do is they would plug into the radio station so he could hear the final mix you know, that was coming down. Right. So to F around with him, he'd be in the middle of a song, I'd turn the transmitter off the air. <laughs> so his headphones are like... <laughs> and I can hear him in the monitor in the studio going... You know, going way off tune and not knowing what the hell's going on. I
1: have to say one of the greatest things about working smaller towns and in local radio is that you usually there were usually pranks going on there oh, were yeah. usually people were doing stuff to people all the time yeah and, and in fact one of uh this wasn't a prank but one of the stories that i told uh when when casey passed away uh-huh. was that because that was one of my first jobs i uh you know if you remember in the early <laughs> days casey was really only playing like two maybe three songs There were like Four or five commercial breaks an hour. They would, they would, and and so they were the short segments. Uh-huh. And I finally got a segment that was like three songs long and maybe a long distance dedication. It was like I got time to go number two. <laughs> and, and but that happened to be the night the cleaning lady. Oh no! Takes the, she she looks in the booth and goes, it's empty. Oh, oh I can go and in. In I can and wipe down the board, knock the needle right and the, off the record. No, 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 it was it was worse. What? Yeah, because because I'm in the bathroom, I'm trying to take care of business. I'm in mid. You know, Uh-oh. push, mm. and I. This is what I hear: bang, bang, bang.
0: The record stop. The record stop.
1: <laughs> so I gotta, I gotta shut down business real fast. I cut this off, and right I here. run back in there, and I'm looking around, going, "What did she do?" And we had like little tiny little buttons that were stop and go on the uh, turntables, right. and I, and I just thought I'll hit the green one, and so <laughs> what you hear on the air is, "Yeah, we're coming <laughs> right back with." which means that what you heard earlier was and, and up next is number zero.
0: <laughs> horrible. We but, had a guy at the AM station, I, I, what happened to to me, he would it was him and his wife, they would come in once a week, the sweetest people, and they would clean the the radio station. Every whatever it was, Tuesday night, he would knock my my needle off the off the record. You know. <laughs> I'd be I'd be you know in the other room ripping <laughs> the, the news or across. something here. <laughs> <laughs> And then it would go on the felt because it was a big table, right? So would... <laughs> you keep going around.
1: Yeah. <laughs> That's awful! Uh, is it? I-, I hate to be too nostalgic because that just makes us sound like old men. Well, but, uh, you're
0: no lair. I mean... You and I go way back. <laughs> we really do. You, I remember you when you were young. <laughs> Wait a minute. Hey, that's not right. (laughs) Well, we actually did have some history
1: together working at the mighty, powerful, giant juggernaut of a station, KISS FM. KISS FM. In Los Angeles Mm -hmm. in the mid-'80s, which reached this milestone that I don't believe will ever be reached again, Uh, certainly not in any comparable way. Uh, a ten share, mm-hmm. and then a ten plus, yeah, yeah. Uh, in the ratings, which double digits, in, yeah, in
0: Los Angeles, just, which is... it's just never going to happen. Now, again. to uh, you know, to explain that what, what happens today, what would the number one radio station in L.A. now have? I think, uh, like when Kiss does really well, or when yeah. some of the others, I, I think probably they 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 break a six when okay. when they're doing really really well. So it's almost. Twice as much because I, I I know they had an Usually eleven. Usually they're more in like the fives these days. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's incredible. But I mean, yeah, we work there together. Well, let's put it this way: you were on the FM with the ten eleven share. I was on the AM with the point oh one. To share. Well, let's let's
1: get this really uh, (laughs) defined here. I was on the FM as a weekender and a fill in guy. Right. And then I did end up taking a full time job on the AM, which is our good friend Tim Kelly said that after, you know, being an AM, there is this required pattern change after sunset. Yes. Which reduces your power. Yeah. So. We would go from a small wattage station yeah. to a no wattage no, station. Yeah. You couldn't hear it in the valley. He joked that we should use the signal as a taxi dispatch <laughs> uh, other, because there was a point. Now, you could hear it. It happens while you're in you know, the middle of playing a song or doing a break. Oh, yeah. 11.50, kiss
0: a.m., and good chunk <laughs> It's gone. <laughs> and suddenly it's, you're like, yeah. oh, nobody's listening. Uh, I you know I had been working at a radio station called KKHR right. Hit Radio, which was an FM powerhouse. Kiss killed them because uh, KKHR, which was owned by CBS, had right. let out the the fact that they were changing to Top Forty. They were going to go Hot Hits, and the program director of Kiss FM at the time, Jerry D. Francesco, heard that and he locked up the term Hot, hot Hits, hits right? and started doing the format before. Uh, KKHR could go on the air. Right. We were giving away turkeys at Thanksgiving. (laughs) KISS FM was giving away a Porsche every Thursday with $5,000 in the glove box. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So... (laughs) Which, by the way, KKHR didn't last very long.
1: That's 1984.
0: Yeah, it was a lot of money. I mean, you don't hear
1: anybody doing a Porsche. I have an air check of me saying, Rick, listen to (laughs) Rick Rick D's 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 tomorrow morning. morning, uh, Your chance at a Porsche 944. And we did that more than once. Oh, yeah. No, during
0: the the big sweeps, they would do it once a week. week. Um, Have have you ever had an experience like.
1: I mean, when I, I was 21 when I got to Kiss FM, and I, the largest market I had worked at that point was Odessa, Texas. And I, I kind of came in on the heels of, I certainly did not contribute to that station getting a 10 share, but I did get to benefit from, oh, yeah. I did get to reap the reward. Just being on the air there was Have special. you ever seen anything like that in a radio station? Going to appearances no. and, mm-hmm. and talking to people about it. It there was there was oh, a was, rock
0: star feel to it. There really was. And uh, also, which was very cool, you could also uh, have you would have a free limo to go somewhere. Right. And you would mention it on the air. Hey, thanks to Bob's limo. But it was OK <laughs> as long as you wrote it on the commercial law. Right. You know, they, right. you did that. And, and that was fine. So, yeah, you were treated like a rock star. You really didn't pay. Listen, Rick D's for years and years and years, one of the most talented, you know, morning men. And, you know, he enjoyed this success. But I don't think he ever paid for a dinner or breakfast or lunch or anything. I don't think so. His offices were at... Kiss, I think probably Kiss covered all that. You yeah, know? yeah. But rightly so, because, you know, he was such a big part of that success. Well, yeah.
1: he was he was the one bringing in the mass. I mean, that station, not only did they get huge ratings, but they were making a ton of money. Yeah. I mean, we we did probably get to witness one of the last gasps of that mm-hmm. level of radio. Yeah. yeah. I, I guess what I was going to ask and not being trying not to be too nostalgic as we just waxed about <laughs> 1980s radio Um <laughs> I mean, do you have a take? You you haven't really been involved in radio in a in a, on a day to day basis in a long time. You right. do a lot of voice work for a radio. Station. I do, and I love that because it keeps my foot in radio,
0: and I, right. I love broadcasting.
1: But but do you have a take on it now? I mean, it's so easy to just say it's not like it was and complain about companies. Yeah, I don't
0: go that but way. I don't go. But there. it
1: does. It's not. It's more than that. It's also how. I mean, it's what technology has brought us. It's what uh, I look at the era of. My, my, you know, my kid and his friends and mm-hmm. how they use media and how they access sure. music. I mean, things are changing. Do you have Definitely. Just, what's uh, your take on it? Now? Well,
0: I, I, whenever you get a group of radio people together, like, <laughs> say, we're, and we're talking about the 80s and 90s. Yeah. There is always that uh, somebody in the group starts, well, it ain't like it used to be, you know, and then it's all very, very negative. And I, I don't go there because... Um, first of all, for people who want to get into radio, we always, we talk about the fact that there are no local radio stations where they can learn the craft anymore. But the truth is there was no such thing as the internet back then. Now you can, you can have what you're doing right now with your show, with so many other people are doing, you can have a show, you can get the chops, uh, for broadcasting and you're broadcasting to the world. Yeah. I mean, back when we started, you were in Odessa and I'm in Waterbury, Connecticut on a, Thousand watt AM station, maybe there's a uh, hundred thousand people that can hear you. I mean, you've got the world that can tune in. Yeah, so exactly, th- there's that opportunity.
1: I think the opportunity to it's it's harder to. Get critical mass for sure, but if you want to be heard, and if you have something specific and a point of view, and you have some content to do, and this is what I, uh, my kid is going through, he realizes even in because he's an actor mm-hmm. and a musician, mm-hmm. so both those fields are screwed, <laughs> you know. Right. But uh, um, it used to be where if you reached a certain level of talent or whatever, or got an agent or a manager or whatever, then people would come find you. It's right. really about it's it's this way in radio or podcasting mm-hmm. or
0: acting or writing or You have to create your own work, right? You do. I mean, just the fact that you get an agent. And, for example, if we're looking at voiceover, your agent doesn't get you work. You get the work, and you go out and make yourself known and... I'm always working on different demos and different ideas. For example, I'm doing a push right now for radio imaging, and I'm just producing little 30 second things that I post on, uh, I tweet out, you know, saying, here's, you know, some of my favorite um, radio imaging stuff that I did in the past year. This is kind of, this is one I want to talk to you about now, which doesn't cover,
1: which isn't in your book necessarily, because you are still maintaining uh, you know you have how long have you been doing voiceover i mean how long would you say that career has been going on as a a, when did you flip the switch from radio to being full-time it
0: was a you know it's a gradual sort of thing i was working in washington dc and i became aware of these great voices that represented television networks like Danny, Danny Dark at NBC. Right. And Ernie Anderson, the love boat. You know, <laughs> and, right. Exactly. <laughs> I thought, wow, that's something I can do. So in Washington, D.C., I started, per, uh, you know, going after uh, voiceover work while I was working in radio. And I had some success uh, in the local market. And I realized I'm not going to really get more than local and regional type work there was no such thing at the time as ISDN and this connectivity that you can be a voiceover person and live anywhere in the country, no, in the world, no. and, and connect and work for the networks, and it, it happens all the time, and it's wonderful. It's opened up a, a great talent pool you know, for the networks. At the same time, it's created a... Huge competition among voiceover people because there are so many people that are available.
1: The now. entire country, the entire world <laughs> yeah. can send auditions exactly. from anywhere they are right yeah. now. Yeah.
0: So uh, my wife and I, Anna and I, decided, okay, she was in broadcasting. She was in TV. I'm in radio. Uh, this is what I want to pursue. She wanted to, you know, pursue a career in broadcasting. We decided it's either going to be New York or, or Los Angeles. We did a trip. We went a two-week trip, one week in New York City, one week in Los Angeles. And we stayed at the Plaza Hotel in New York City. We did it up, and it was great. Awesome. And it was the San Janeiro Festival at the time. Oh, and, wow. I mean, it was so fun. <laughs> but then we flew out to Los Angeles, and it was whatever time of the year was, you know, uh, it was cold in, in New York. And out here it was sunshine and beautiful, and <laughs> we rented a, rented a Mercedes convertible, oh. and I said, all right, this is what. But uh, I always said that uh, I'm not going to move to a new city uh, unless I have a job uh, in radio to support me. So after that decision, it took a good year, year and a half before I was able to land a job in L.A. that would move us out here because I did not want to be just another starving actor in Los Angeles. Right, right. You know, if you go into an audition and you need that job, they smell it on you. Right. It's the stench of, you know. Desperation. Desperation that's all over you. So, uh, and I always recommend that to people. Don't put yourself in that position, you know. Have something that you can do during the day, during the night, whatever it is. That covers the nut. I think know? that's
1: interesting because I, I've I've noticed that too, in, in, in some of the acting I've done, and also in in talking with my son about the same thing. If you walk in the door as if if you're exuding this thing of oh please give me this job, yeah, right. I'm right. I'm gonna launch into chorus line. I hope I get it. I really hope <laughs> I get it. I hope I get it. Oh, um, and, the,
0: and the costuming is beautiful. <laughs> Where it. did that come from? Yeah,
1: who who else has got jazz, jazz hands, hands in the room? Yes. Um, I, I I definitely think they feel that if you have a oh, sense, yeah. if you have a sense of confidence and a sense of self, and that mm-hmm. means you've got something that your whole world doesn't depend on this one thing. Whoever you're looking at or talking to, and that goes for job interviews, that goes for everything. Yes. Yeah, and yeah.
0: and and to pick and up certainly on... no begging emails or <laughs> follow up letters or whatever. Yeah, no. no, it doesn't work. I yeah, think doesn't... I'll be
1: the best choice. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: you had asked, uh, you know, what was kind of like the break and what what you know. Started it up. I remember when I left the East Coast, telling my dad, I said, "It's going to take ten years. This uh, I, I got to put in ten years before really I think I can make some sort of money in voiceover." And that was 1980. Now, what gave you that sort of insight? It just I, felt like the right. I just felt I needed
1: ten years because that's kind of. That's almost like the Malcolm Gladwell kind of, Interesting. you know, yeah. I mean, it's like it, that, that is, uh, standups will say that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they say like maybe maybe
0: six years you can call yourself a professional. And in 10 years, you're probably going to be doing well. You, you know, know? It's, it's like anything else. Like, I, I love tennis. And you know what? You're not going to move up uh, to another ranking in tennis until you hit another 30, 40, 50,000 balls. Right. You know, and then you're going to move up. It's like anything you have and you have to stay at it and you have to be consistent and work at it every day. So. I Came out here. Uh, I, you know, found an agent. It was very difficult. I had some limited success and doing little things. Then in '82, I did the trailer, movie trailer for Fast Times at Ridgemont uh-huh, High. That's right. Okay, okay let's very come on. Cool. Let's hear it. Uh you it's were... the students of Ridgemont High. <laughs> and my voice was like, Nyarrow. it's. In fact, it's. I'm sure you can pull it up and and, I, and hear. I, it, when you know. when I read your book, I did. <laughs> I, I there was an audio companion to the. <laughs> that's
1: right. To the entire. T- it's, not, it's kind of great. You actually have
0: your your uh, your your downloadable version or whatever. You have a lot of audio attached. Yes, the your, the the version that is what you would read on your your Nook or your mm-hmm. iPad or whatever has links, audio and visual right. links, video links.
1: But anything that to. wasn't linked because it was copyrighted or whatever, I would go <laughs> go I and mean, look for. Yeah, it, it took yeah. like you know like nine months to read your book because I would keep going. Oh my <laughs> God, I got to go find this. that. Yeah, right. uh, and also uh, we'll get around <clears> to it. Your uh, your uh, what is it your ragu commercial or <laughs> oh uh, no that was Prego, Prego, Prego spaghetti right. sauce
0: but uh, to finish this yeah. Up, so you were doing so you doing do the fast
1: times trailer fast
0: times and i started to do like porkies and i started to do the <laughs> you were that guy teen movies yeah. and i was still working in radio <laughs> i was at kkhr and i moved over to kiss and i was filling in one day for big ron o'brien on mm-hmm. kiss fm mm-hmm. one afternoon And wasn't even supposed to be on the air that day. That's just I guess nobody else could fill in. And they had me on. And at that exact same moment, the head of uh, promotions and publicity for this new network called Fox was driving home in afternoon traffic uh, from Hollywood to Simi Valley. And, you know, it's going to be an hour and 15 minutes or more for him to, to get home. And I was his only companion in the car on the air at Kiss FM. And he was rolling over a problem. Uh, he's creating an image for this brand-new network that they want to be completely different from all the stodgy CBS, ABC at the yeah, time. The edgy, yeah, younger, to young, push the envelope right. on network TV. So it was like it was going to look different. The graphics, the everything was going to look different. They wanted it to sound different as well. And he heard me on the air, and he said, that's a voice that might work and actually called from his car one of those in 1988, that brick of a cell phone, <laughs> yes. you know, with the antenna. and then the...
1: <laughs> With the curly cord that went to the, <laughs> you know, the big unit
0: they're jammed into the dashboards, <laughs> yes. right? And call, <laughs> called Kiss FM. And called said, the request line or uh, call the no, called desk? the front desk? No, called the front desk and said, tell this guy that, uh, you know, we want to talk to his agent or whatever. And I thought, oh, cool, I might get a spot out of this. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And they brought me in, and that was uh, August of 88, and I did all... All of the comedies for Fox until full time, everyone until like about two thousand three, two thousand four, yeah. something like that. Yeah. Uh, but you're still on there. I I do. You know what? I don't do much on the Fox network anymore. What I do is like The Simpsons in syndication. No. I still do that for Twentieth Television. Okay, and I, and I do some of their other shows. But um, but still,
1: that's a long association for one oh, yeah. network. That's oh, crazy. It was, it was amazing. And, and I have an addendum to that too. But I but I, I while I'm thinking of it. This is another one of the elements. There is a common pattern for most people who reach a certain level of success. And with with James Taylor, I I called it the the guy didn't show up syndrome. I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's the guy didn't show up or the guy got the job but dropped out. So you get to move in. There is this there is an element of this. Perfect timing, stroke of luck. It has nothing to do with any effort or anything you did. Right. And and it's, and that's, that can be kind of a, that can feel like a negative thing. It's like, oh no, what if I didn't do that? But it, but it's just this weird thing about being in the right place at the right time when you would normally never be in that spot. Right.
0: But you know what? You have to have the skills for that intersection of timing and luck and all of that because uh, many times, they will intersect but you just don't have the skills for it and right. it just kind of goes by. Well,
1: there's so, yeah, the, uh, there's of... some old tired expression I'm very bad at those and people post it online all uh, all the time. It's something about, you know, luck plus preparation oh, yeah. say, or whatever that sure, is. Yeah, uh, you know, but but you're right. I mean, you have to have the skills to back it up. Yeah, you have
0: to, you know, uh, continue to work on whatever it is that you that is your interest which your your goal your passion, you know, continue to work on that. And you certainly didn't know at the time that that was this
1: kind of launching point for you because it really kind of was. It was just a gig. Oh, my God. But it turned into
0: the the gig of a lifetime. It changed my life. It changed everything. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's so funny because anybody who watches television and and a promo comes on saying that, you know, Thursday on an all-new Two and a Half Men, they're already in the refrigerator, you know, <laughs> r- rummaging around for something. And, and the fact that what that is, and and it's part of the, the the network promoting itself, and it means so much to the shows, to the network itself, and so much money and thought and effort and talent goes into that. And you would never know, you know, that that is a gig yeah. that you could actually make a lot of money at.
1: And people spend a lot of time... Now, I had a brief period of time where I was the... Uh the radio voice for UPN. Uh-huh. Uh, their net, for that, I, I had a similar thing happen. Oh, Actually, okay. well, the one time I filled in for, rape, uh, I have two stories here. The one yep. time I filled in for Big Ron O'Brien, it wasn't very often. Do an afternoon drive in Big Los Ron Angeles. Big Ron O'Brien was a lightning bolt. Yes. Oh my God. But it was a very different story. Mm. Um, that was um, right around the time. If you remember the name Frank Tastian, I guess, or am mm. I getting that? Or Ralph Tast? Ralph Tastian. I don't uh, remember An that independent name. record. Promoter, okay. who had offices right next door to Kiss FM. Oh, okay, and he was apparently notorious for bribing people to play <laughs> records. Oh, really? And there was a CBS or 60 Minutes news wow. story about that and mentioning him. Wow! So the day that I'm filling in for Big Ron O'Brien, it was at the newer studios, the ones you're talking about right. uh, in Hollywood and, and Sunset and Vine. Right. Um, <laughs> there is a bomb threat. On his office, oh, which, if you remember the studios at KISS FM, if you turn around in that window right behind you, sure. that's his office. Oh, okay. So our boss at the time, Jerry Francesco, walks in the, the studio and says, Hey, bud, <laughs> we just got a bomb threat for Ralph Tashian's office next door. Everybody's leaving the building. <laughs> We're evacuating. What do you want to do? <laughs> what do you like, want to do? The one time I get to fill in for oh, Big Ron my. Afternoon Drive yeah. in Los Angeles, California, oh, my I'm like, gosh. Look, no, I'm staying right here. If if this if we're going down, I'm going down with it. And Jerry says, "Me too, bud. Oh, Me wow. Too. I'll be in my office." Jerry stayed, and so I'm in That's the air, awesome. playing the hot hits. Oh my god! The police are coming in. They bring in bomb-sniffing dogs into our studio while I'm. And here's the latest from Madonna. It's True Blue on Kiss FM. Um, so that was my uh, it's amazing yeah, so oh you gosh. get a you get a national yes. voiceover gig <laughs> right. and i almost get blown you to own... smithereens yes, exactly wow anyway wow. but i but i did the um i was on the air <laughs> at star 98.7 here in los angeles mm-hmm. and i had a similar thing happen the promotion uh, like the big promotion vp for upn, UPN. which was another fledgling network was yeah. looking for a new voice heard me on the air mm-hmm. and i got the gig for like, doing a good, the radio a spots. Good, a good year doing yeah. the radio spots um Uh, uh,
0: I worked for UPN a little bit as well at the time.
1: Which makes perfect sense since they were practically all African-American-themed. Isn't that
0: funny? Yeah, so it was my voice,
1: this guy going, that's an all-new Moesha tonight (laughs) on UPN. But what people don't realize is how much effort and thought and sometimes more thought than is needed that goes into a certain phrase, how things are said. Now, do you, as the artist... Do you the artist formerly known as
0: Joe Joe
1: yes yes Joe the artist yes do you as the 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 voice do you have a process do you have are do you analyze this or have you changed that over the years do you have this natural inclination to know what needs the emphasis or what doesn't and of course a client is always going to change it on you right yeah but but, but how much science on your end goes into this
0: Huh. <laughs> So none, then. No. no. <laughs> you know, uh, I, uh, interpreting copy yeah. is uh, probably the most important part of being a voiceover artist, whatever you want to call but it. I'm calling it artist. Right, okay. Uh, in this I'll, room, we I'll, can I'll call are artist. All yeah, right, let's yeah. go with that. Um, <laughs> it's not about, the. it's not at all about your voice. And that's what's so amazing. And in radio... It's all about your voice. And when we do copy and radio, this is why it's so difficult for radio people to um, move into voiceover. It's because you're always uh, Joe Cipriano on the air at KISS-FM. Well, we spent most of our lives... Uh, it
1: kind of cr- cr- this this muscle. I mean, the the, the right. voice box in there. We have developed this muscle right. because we have projected in a certain way for so long. Radio people sound like radio people. Yeah, and, you know, some time.
0: of them go a little too much. And that's <laughs> called puking. But there are a lot of radio guys that play the hits. And but the, what I'm getting at is the fact that you have a piece of copy on on the air, and you're a disc jockey. The most important thing is to get it in 30 seconds, and you're still you. Doing the copy. Right. Uh, when you're doing voiceover, you're no longer you. You are this character oh. that is portraying what this message is. So you have to kind of you have to get inside the message, get inside the copy. Um, I always call it when you don't do that, you're just kind of writing on top of the words and you're just riding along and reading and really not putting any effort into Who is this person that's speaking? Why are they saying this? Where did they come from? Where are they going? What's the message? None of that is in there. When you're kind of just reading it, so so is this? So this is something
1: you consciously think of as you get a new piece of copy, or as it kind of becomes second nature. Now, do you
0: spend that time with it to think about? Yeah, I, I I do. I spend time now. Listen, when you're doing promos and and they hook up, you you get the copy uh, <laughs> like uh, thirty seconds before. Yeah, they're moving they fast and furious. And they, yeah. It's like three takes, and they just want to be done and move on. And really, you know, the copy what it looks like is it's you know like for example, just before coming here. Uh, New next Thursday, and it's like line, 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 line. Um, Only four more episodes until the one-hour season finale. Line, 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 line. Two and a half men, the final season continues. Line, 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 line. CBS Thursday, 9, 8 Central. (laughs) (laughs) So... So you got the formula down
1: because yeah. you've done it so many times right. You know what they expect. you know how they're making it fit to visuals right. We're um, reading
0: and we read to picture even though we're not seeing oh picture, you are you're reading to the audio. So you are fitting in the holes mm-hmm. you know and you and all of that sound on tape, which is you know the uh, the dialogue from the actors in the show, right you, you see it. it's written out in the script. and um, so what you what you're really trying to do is the 2.2 seconds that you have to say, whatever the line is you try to make it something incredibly special you know try to give it and if you get a second tape on, take take uh, take on it try something completely different and a third take something different on that too so how do think. you fight because you've been doing it for so long and you have such good
1: instincts and you and, and so much of that is second nature to you now the cbs stuff mm-hmm. um I mean, how how often are, do you have those sessions? For instance, right oh, uh, uh,
0: about once a day.
1: Okay, once yeah. a day. Yeah. So, how do you keep it from being rote and going through the motions? I mean, do you have
0: to I, step back, or is or is wait, it just all just? It's just that I I, I love it so much. You and really it's such, do. I, I do. I mean, I, I've always loved it. I I've always felt. The reason why I told you that I I became aware of those voices, you know, like Danny Dark and all of that. I just thought, how cool is it to represent a television network, for example, Mm -hmm. and be I'm I'm the voice that represents the network or represents the show. And that's maybe doesn't mean too much to the person that, you know, we took the bus together, you know, the other day, you know, uh, or the subway. But it, it it's it's an art and it's a thrill. And so I I. Honestly, truly love it. I just have so much fun with it. And in between those lines, I'm usually kind of giggling and laughing because I do mostly comedies. Right. And, of course, you know, they they clean it all up and all of that. But, uh, you know, it's that true. It's It's a true joy. It's It's It is a joy. Yeah. Well,
1: there still is that element of magic. Like I was saying, even still in radio, as much as it's changed, there still is enough theater of the mind because you're a detached voice. So Mm -hmm. when people, for instance, recognize you, it must happen on occasion. I mean I get the um you know the one really fun gig I've had forever which pays me nothing but I still do just because it's so much fun to talk about yeah. is the uh, AMC theaters. You know the in-house voice yes. in the AMC theaters, yeah. which most people don't hear unless you're taking a tinkle. Yes, you're unless you're, you're going to, running to the bathroom and you hear uh, that's the la- what's the one I have today. Uh, you know, it's just some random band or uh, you know, there's I love some, it. Uh, 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 that's the latest from so and so. There's Miley Cyrus <laughs> and so from her new album, and and when you get people going. Oh that's Exactly. Oh, I heard you yeah. that's yeah. So it, it, there's they they really seem to get a thrill they, out of that. They
0: do, and and it's why for example, the book and, and we were talking about going on the morning shows and things like that, uh it, it's an easy setup. It's like, uh do you do you know this voice? <laughs> and then you play a couple of things, you go, Yeah, hell, I do know that voice. I've heard well that for years. Here's what she looks like right. or here's what he looks like and right. go, Whoa. So Usually the local TV stations, when they're in sweeps, they'll always throw out a bring in a story is you're going to you're going to get to meet Larry Morgan, the voice of AMC theaters in the bathroom, uh, in the bathroom. Uh, But it's still uh, there's an interest in that. And and I understand it, you know, because when you hear someone and you have no way to visually make a connection of what they look like. You automatically, it's just human nature, you come up with an image of what that voice must look like. And then, of course, you see that person and you go, oh, crap, really? <laughs> well, isn't that,
1: is? isn't that the bummer most of
0: the time yeah, when people is. go,
1: oh, I i mean, nobody's ever said to me, oh, I thought you were more handsome necessarily. <laughs> but but uh, you do... Sense some sort of disappointment sometimes. (laughs) Like, what did you picture, people? What are you really hearing? (laughs) I, although I usually got radio, I almost always got. Oh, I thought you were a lot bigger, (laughs) (laughs) right? I got that a lot too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you know why, Joe? Why? Because there are a lot of fatties in radio. (laughs) (laughs) There
0: were always a lot of big men. In radio. Yes. Well, listen, uh, ben and Ron we, O'Brien, who we've been talking about, he got that name yes. for a reason. Yes. And he broke chairs in every radio station <laughs> he worked at. I was just talking to John Driscoll. He said at CFL in Chicago, Ron broke a chair. Yeah. And at KISS, I think he broke at least two. Yeah, I think they had a steady stream of reserve <laughs> chairs. They learned early on. You know, at WFIL in, in Philadelphia, they would call that chair that the jock would sit in the air chair. I love that.
1: <laughs> you know what I was thinking of the other day? Air and this jam. is so personal right now, but since we're uh, also yeah. getting Uh-oh. nostalgic again. Wait a minute. Yeah, no, 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 not that personal. Okay. Oh, we're going to get well, there. Uh... Now this, uh, we're about uh, 45 minutes in. So in the next few minutes, I'm going to start making you cry. <laughs> uh, we we get deep and dark.
0: On the Barbara Walters special.
1: Uh, uh, th- think about how weird this would be today. Yeah. To walk into the studio. My first Night at Kiss FM, uh, and I'm following. Uh-oh. I'm following Big Ron. Yeah. Um, and he is smoking like a chimney in the studio. <laughs> yes. How weird is that it's right true. now? If you think about this room we're in right now, it's, it's like a pristine, beautiful recording studio. The idea that ashes and smoke—oh, yeah—all that crap, and just also that we'd have to be breathing that in this well, contained room with no windows. The that microphone
0: that we're speaking into that smells like his. it would, yeah, it would have a, a a muff. A, a, a what do you, what do <laughs> yeah, you the, call that on the there? The windscreen or windscreen, whatever. Screen, right? You know, it, that would be made out of some sort of foam and all I would do it is, is absorb the smell of the breath of the person and that was on before you. Disc jockeys all put their lips right over against it. <laughs> so you're you're kissing the guy that you were on before. Oh, God. That, that was on before you. It's Can like, you even fathom that now? No. Because I
1: remember that first night. Even then, I was thinking, wow, it's pretty smoky in here. But it didn't. Yeah, it, it was, was just. We, it was
0: so common. It didn't, I didn't smoke. I don't know if you smoked. No. So. Um, uh, and it didn't affect my voice. It didn't bother me. But it was just like there was ashes. There were ashes all over the place. And ash You would have trays, to clean up. Yeah. And, and, yeah. Oh, and yeah. And then uh, Lysol spray that you would spray the, <laughs> the microphone. Which the engineers the foam, <laughs> you know. went bananas yep. over
1: because you were destroying some sort of filaments in there or something. Right, exactly. <laughs> anyway, I just. That, like the that, smoke
0: wasn't. The, you know, the smoke was destroying everything. <laughs>
1: It just hit me the other day that that is one of my first memories of walking in that studio and I, I you would never see that now. No, you would never see
0: anything like that obviously. So, so. you've been
1: so now in all this time that you've been doing voiceover this uh, obviously the technology's changed but uh-huh. but because there is so much difficulty in getting people to stay tuned and watch a show and try right. and connect shows you've seen Um, You know, theme songs get shorter and shorter, which means that your voiceover between shows gets shorter and shorter talk faster and faster. But in what other ways have networks had to change how they give you copy and how
0: how you work based upon how people consume TV these days? I think uh, there's really going to be a change. I mean, because now just about everyone in major cities and, and across the country, nobody tunes in to CBS at 8, 7 Central. I mean, really. I <laughs> no. Mean, I don't even know why we say that anymore. I because think... Because you, you have it on DVR. Yeah. And you t- watch it when you want to watch it. I, I
1: think there may be event shows like American Idol and, and things sure, that have or, or results. or the Emmys
0: or the uh, uh, Oscars or the people Golden don't, Globes. Yeah,
1: people want to see it live. Want to see if it If they can. Yes. So I, that's about
0: the only thing left. That's true. Or,
1: or in sports. And you
0: know, uh, and sports, yeah, exactly. And sports, more and more, will be the number one... Most watched show of the week, right. on Just about any network, right? Um, but um, what's happening is, and this is going to be really interesting. CBS is leading the way in in this. Uh, Les Moonves, you know, he's pretty brilliant. He he's got a bunch of content that he Kiss owns. ass. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> he he doesn't care how consumers consume it. He just wants to make sure that. You are watching his content. Just to find a way to get so it. So they're, they're moving towards uh, bypassing DirecTV, Dish, Cable, and making their content available on the their online platforms that they own. At the moment that it's being broadcast. Or, uh, yeah, or, or anytime. Or uh, anytime. Uh, yeah. It, it's just Like a, on demand? I don't care when, when you watch it. As long as you go to my website, if you go to my online platform to watch it, and they'll figure out a way to monetize it. But they're they're going to they're bypassing broadcast. Broadcast is dead. Anyhow, they're going to turn off the the, the TV uh, signal. I think they're in, it's only three years away. Well, where there yeah. won't be broadcasting.
1: No, we're, I mean, I again, I look to my son because he's basically there's never been a time that he's been a conscious human <laughs> that he hasn't had the Internet. Right. And and starting with music where he just found stuff. I mean, he would start he would tell me about this band Nirvana and I would go, "How did you find Nirvana? I didn't play any" Nirvana. and he and his buddies would be like obsessed with Nirvana. <laughs> right. Alex, the baby on the cover of Nevermind is older than you are. <laughs> um they exist in an on-demand world. Yes. And they watch when they want to and um, they watch
0: anywhere they my want. My son, to. Alex. How did we end up naming our know. sons the same? Interesting. My son is 27. How old is My he? son is 23. Okay, well, I beat you. Um, <laughs> so and you stole it from me, another. That's right. Yeah. All right. Uh, but it's true. I've done you know, every, my entire life is patterned <laughs> after you, Joe. <laughs> uh, Alex, my son, works in uh, online marketing. And he works for a company in Los Angeles where he creates content um, for the Facebook pages for online. He's working on Jurassic World right now. Oh, wow. If you go to the Jurassic World website, it's it, there's a, there's a whole world, and that's air quotes I'm using. <laughs> we all heard it. You can even you could make believe book a hotel at Jurassic World. There's all this content oh, that fun. they're just writing. He's a writer and he loves doing all of that. But talking about you know like Nirvana and how how did you ever find Nirvana? You know. His one of show that he loves is Twin Peaks, which hasn't been on the air for twenty years. Yeah, and is coming back. And but, pe- but people, but the buzz stays alive. It's amazing. People go find it. He immediately, when he found out that Showtime was bringing it back, he went to his boss and said, "I want to work on this. We, I want to do this show." They had a lunch with Showtime last week, and he's been badgering everybody, and Showtime gave them the show. So he's going to be doing the online wow. uh, platform That's for so it. great. So and that's something thrilled. he's already passionate about. Yeah,
1: exactly. So, so how does this online and on-demand
0: world affect you in the future? You know, I'm not sure, because to get kind of in the nitty-gritty of it, we're, uh, we're Screen Actors Guild and AFTRA members. And when you're working in broadcast, everything, there's a scale that you're working for. And, and, uh, there is, so you're being paid for a fair wage for your talent. When you start to get into online stuff, it's unorganized and they can pay anything they want or not pay you at all. You know, sometimes they'll take a promo and they'll run it online and you, you don't get any usage fee for that. So I think that how it's going to affect actors, musicians, um, you know, uh, voiceover artists, is that it's kind of an unorganized area. And unfortunately, I think it's going to bring the level of what, what they're paying down. And that's going to be a problem. I think that Screen Actors Guild is working very hard to organize that and try to establish some rates. Probably won't be as high as over here. right? So uh, that's one problem that it's monetarily, I think it could be a problem. I'm also not sure how you promote a show on demand. Uh, yeah, you know, I mean, do, do promos begin to disappear? Uh, that It's it's possible. You still have to get the word out. So right. while you're watching something else, there's going to have to be a promo that says, hey, you know, you can also watch this. Right, right. So that's got to be there, however, however they handle that. Um, I just think that uh, going at it in a positive way, uh, I think that once broadcasts and, and, you know, that over-the-air starts to go away, it— Online is going to be more prestigious and more available mm-hmm. and more eyes are on it. And I think that it will take the place and it will be even better. Uh, mm-hmm. That's what I'm
1: hoping. Well, I certainly think that as we watch things that they're putting up on Netflix and Amazon and they're winning
0: awards for things that are on online Unbelievable. distribution The Golden Globes. Ones. How many of those? And Woody Allen just signed a deal with yep. uh, Amazon. Well, uh, to for right direct, the TV show. Honestly, I feel like the best work that I've watched over the past two
1: years has been on TV and not in movie theaters. As much as I love a lot of the movies mm-hmm. that it, it just, we on the day we're recording this, Oscar nominations came out. Right. All those movies are great. Yeah. I think this has been one of the worst years for movies in general I've ever seen.
0: There are no blockbusters on that list of best films. No. Nothing is made over $100 million on you that list. You could
1: probably make an argument that maybe Guardians of the Galaxy should have mm. considered, been considered, considered, Considered as Mm because it was really fun and really great, but Mm -hmm. that kind of popcorn entertainment rarely gets that kind of attention. Exactly, but but other than Guardians Mm -hmm. and the movies that uh, they're talking about for uh, for awards right now really sucky year in movies
0: <laughs> and TV has been when you amazing. say when you say TV are you talking more of the Showtime's HBO's or do you are you talking the ABC's NBC's CBS uh, well I bombs. think everything I yeah. think
1: network television is better than it's ever been mm-hmm. I I think that um, I mean I think Breaking Bad is one of the my favorite things that I've watched mm-hmm. ever mm-hmm. um I I also – I'm a huge Parks and Rec fan, mm-hmm. and I think some of the comedies that are on right now are as good as they've ever been and and really good writing and really solid, fun ensemble performances. Mm-hmm. Um, and Showtime and HBO is just killing it. I love Boardwalk Empire. Uh, yes. Uh, all
0: those things. Well, it's so hard for the broadcast networks to compete with the HBOs and the Showtimes because the restrictions that broadcast has – standards and practices, right. and you can't use the, the language that you can use. But, you know, you
1: know my wife and I started watching The Good Wife. We started binge-watching The Good Wife, and I would an I would say show. considering those restrictions, that's as that good a, a show, show. Yeah. as... I mean, so it can mm-hmm. be done. Yeah. I think it can be done. Mm-hmm. And I haven't missed anything in terms of... you know. I don't need to see boobies on The Good Wife right? well, as much as exactly. I'd like to see boobies it's on The Good Wife. It's almost
0: like you, you would hear, you know, do you play blue you know, when you're a stand-up, or do you not play blue, and right. if you can not... You know, use blue humor and still be wildly funny. Yeah. That's I mean, awesome. Orange yeah. is the new black, needs that. Yeah. But Parks and Rec yeah, doesn't. The, you know? Exactly. Yeah, uh, that's uh, good.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, that's a very good analogy. So, uh, quick questions, quick answers. Okay. Yes. Um, no. What's the worst? Maybe. No. Sh- sh- oh, not, oh, I have no, to let wait. me ask the question oh, first, okay. but still, but the, r- okay. reserve your answer until the question gotcha. is done. And will I will. you point and will, to and me when you, the question yes, is done? I will give you one of these right here. Are you ready? Ready. Are you looking at me? Yes. You need to make eye contact. There's one answer. No, no, no. Was
0: that a question? No. Yes. Okay.
1: All right. Question number two. (laughs) What's the worst piece of direction you've ever been given by a client or an executive? Something comes to mind.
0: Uh, uh, Gosh, a couple of things come to mind. Um, Can you? Come on. Come on, Joe. I want you. uh, uh, What I'm looking for in this read, I want you to. Color it. So when you're when you're reading the line, think of the color orange. <laughs> no. Yeah.
1: No. Yeah. No. Mm-hmm. What the fuck does that mean? It's almost as bad. Did you understand that at all?
0: No. Of yeah. course not. It's, oh, I took notes though. I'm, I'm, orange. Yes, that's very good. <laughs> but uh, did they, did, were you able to satisfy? Yes. Did you get to yes. orange? And you know what? I'll always give them. You know yeah. what? That yeah. orange direction. <laughs> Damn! I would have never thought of that. Yeah. But you knocked yeah. it out of the park. Yeah, you got. And then they're them happy. Yeah. yeah, and then yeah. they're happy. Um, yeah. And then the other thing uh, from the movie In a World, because yeah. I, I had a small part in In a World. Oh, Lake that's Bell's right, which movie. is
1: wonderful. People should check that out. Great it gives movie. you great insight into what that
0: world is like. It's pretty. I feel like it's pretty authentic. It's very authentic. And, and, you, and Lake Bell is such a fan of voiceover.
1: And, and it's she, a great little quirky movie. It's it really is, good. It is. Yeah. I mean,
0: you got Rob Corddry in there and Ken Marino, and, and who Tig plays Nicaro. her dad? Um, oh, that's Fred Melamed. Oh, God, so amazing. Good. Yeah, he's so good. Yes. And you're all right. <laughs> Thank you. But I tell a story <laughs> in that, that. Right. Lake said, uh, you know, just we we're, were doing a party scene. Just tell some some stories. And there was nothing that ended up in the movie. except There were two scenes that ended up that were uh, ad lib. And this was one of them. It was just a, a silly story that she just wanted to kick off the beginning of this party at a voiceover guy's house. Right. And I said, you know, I was doing this session. I'm working this guy, working with this guy. And we're on our 22nd take. And he said, Okay, very good, Joe. Now, on this one, can you give me a little bit more energy? And I said, Well, if you go back to take one, I had plenty of energy back there.
1: And that's true. That yeah, happens all true. the time. Exactly. Um, I that was I, two questions.
0: Yeah, is there a third question? No.
1: That well, that was yes. There is a third question. Ooh. Are are you on a schedule? Do you need to go? Are you look? Are you on? Need to get. Somewhere? I am good for another... no. No. This is it. We're going to wrap up. Okay. <laughs> Calm down. All right. Wow, oh, boy, you've become so. You know, back wow. when you were driving me home to Malibu. <laughs> With your window <laughs> with broken, window broken, yeah. and and it's
0: and it's fourteen degrees in the back seat as you're driving me back. We we had Larry a much better relationship to, because I worked on the AM Saturday night. He worked on the FM Saturday night, <laughs> seven to midnight. Right. He lived in Malibu. I lived in Pacific Palisades. He would drive to my house, or sometimes I would go pick you. Yeah, up, it was adorable
1: that we, carpooled. we would drive
0: in. <laughs> it together. was adorable. I think <laughs> we, we didn't do that it a now. lot. No, but we, we did, did it a few it. times and. As often would happen, I'd had to park on the street uh, in Hollywood, you know, on a Saturday night. Uh, I I'd, know my memory is this was in the garage. Uh, well, the two times that, that I'm thinking of, there were three or four times, but they you were out, broken they were on into. on the street. Oh, okay. Yeah. I parked right in front of, um, what was that, 6255 Sunset? Whatever oh, wow. it was. Nice. I parked right in front of the front door. We had a guard down right. at the bottom who was right. looking at my car. and. My car still got broken into. (laughs) They break the window, they steal the thing. I drive Larry home, and, you know, it's freezing. The next night, I bring my wife's car to uh, the station, that one got broken into, and so we had two cars that had been broken into on consecutive nights.
1: When's the last time you've been at that intersection, by the way? It I, couldn't be more pristine. It's, and, I mean, it's beautiful. It's still a little homeless-y. It, it is, but <laughs> sorry, sorry in, nothing like when we were oh, there. Oh, no. If you were seedy. CD... Oh, if you were to walk over to that B of A ATM, you would be putting your life in your hands. Right. And, 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 and even in
0: the daytime. And it, it right bad. down the street is the what they used to call CBS Radio City, right? And uh, they're doing a complete remodel. They're saving the building. Are they? Uh, yeah, Viacom has uh, committed to a twelve-year lease in there. They're they're doing <sighs> high-rise apartments. There, that whole area is going to be. It's going to be a campus. So, but, MTV but they're keeping will be in the their, original bones. They're, they're keeping because that's that where Jack Jack Benny did his oh, yeah. show. And that's all the that. cornerstone. Yeah. And there's going to be so much more built out, and it's going to be more of what you know like an apple computer where and google where it's more of a campus kind yeah. of a thing oh, wow. and and people can live there as well where where they work it's going to be beautiful you want to yeah. let's move in together all right let's go right. you know what i'll drive you over there That's right great. now if
1: we could just bring yeah. back those days again ah. so i know i know you get this because i get this all the time um I get it right here. Do you, do you see you? this? Right Are you here? feeling that? Is it red? No, no, no. It's on the other side oh, for me. okay. Yeah, you. that's weird. All right. Um, Don't touch it. Okay, fifth question. Okay.
0: <laughs> wow, how did we get to fifth?
1: <laughs> well, that was the fourth. Okay. If you get the same thing that I get. All righty. Um, I get asked, and I know you get asked, mm-hmm. how do you start in voiceover? People tell me I have a good voice.
0: Uh, how do you answer that these days? It's, it's really hard to get into this business, uh, I say a few things. Uh, what I mentioned earlier that it's not about the voice, and that you, well, that's that's a whole different deal. Coaching and and
1: trying yes. to get people to control their voice is one thing. I mean, are do you, you recommend classes? Do you recommend oh, coaches? But okay. the,
0: the thing is, any voice can work. If you have a squeaky voice, or mm-hmm. you have a, a sibilant voice, or you have a, a some sort of an uh, impediment, whatever. I mean, everything works for. Whatever it is that they're casting at that time, but what's most important, you know, uh, number one is that you, is education, and you you have to take classes, you have to work. I'm out. It. I'm out. <laughs> you have to work with you don't have to work with a coach private, but you go into and do workshops and seminars. But what's most important is to never miss a day or miss a week. You have to be consistent. This is a business. This is a multi billion dollar business right. that people when they decide they're going to do voiceover there's there are the people that say yeah I, I want to do voiceover you know and then there's people that are committed to doing that yeah you can't do it casually it. No, well you
1: can't do no. anything casually no, I, you and, can't. and here's uh, the final point that I can draw the parallel between all the people I've talked to is work ethic and you have brought it up and every one of the people who has come in here mm. and talked about where they've where they went to You know, where they came from and where they've gone to. It's been once they figure out that, oh, I'm good at this. Oh, people want to pay me for this. Oh, this is going to be my life's work, I think. Mm -hmm. They work their ass off. Yeah. And do it constantly and are always putting themselves out there. And the fact that you have been doing this long, but you still in the last time you and I sat and talked at your house, Mm -hmm. you were talking about. Well, how do you I... weren't
0: invited to my house? by the No, way. I did you show up. Show I up. finally yeah. found
1: out where it was. Yeah. yeah, but I did get to hang out for a little while until you called your your security. <laughs> yes, um, I recall that. Yeah. <laughs> you put up a fuss. Yeah, well, yeah. You know, I wanted to swim, and <laughs> you, uh, apparently, there's a no skinny no dipping rule at the Cipriano dipping. house. Yeah, but you, I was surprised to hear you talk about creating a new sound for yourself, or a new mm-hmm. demo, or that you're you're reworking how you want to present yourself. And it for some reason, I mean, that makes sense mm-hmm. because, like you're saying, you have to keep working at it. Mm-hmm. But as, a, as an established guy, as somebody who's been doing this for a long time, whose voice you would think people would be coming to you, and you're still working to market yourself, to well, put definitely. yourself out there.
0: And, you know, what's really important is you have to stay relevant. You you can't yeah. do what you did five years ago because styles change, uh, the way advertising, you know, is presented uh, uh new ideas come in uh th- there are a lot of changes in marketing and advertising, and you have to stay relevant and know what's going on. You have to be a student of of what it is that you do. I was surprised know. to hear you still
1: get on the phone with a coach oh and, yeah, and, oh definitely, and get feedback. You know what? Tiger... If I were in your position, I would tell people leave me alone. I know what I'm
0: doing. <laughs> Tiger Woods still has a swing coach, yeah. you know. Yeah. All those guys, Ricky Fowler, they've got swing coaches. Um they're pros and they can do anything they want with a golf ball, but you 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 continue to work at it because you can always get better and equipment changes much like uh you know styles of marketing change. You just have to continue to to work at it. You're not going to you're not going to stay um you're not gonna stay relevant if you don't put time into it and effort. There you're gonna be the guy that they say, Oh yeah, he used to work a lot you know. That's what's gonna happen. And that's what's gotta motivate you. you I know? wanna um
1: I wanna wrap things up here with what's the favorite What's the thing that comes to mind if I said, "What's your favorite piece of copy you've ever read?"
0: Oh my gosh, my favorite piece of copy!
1: Yeah, just the the line or a couple of lines that just made you happy when you said
0: them. <laughs> Let's see. Um, live from the Staples Center, it's the 64th annual Emmy Awards. That's a good one. Ooh, that was a. Thrill. I just got chills. <laughs>
1: I actually just got chills. That's really cool. That
0: was, you know, any, and it's so tied to what you and I do. It was a bit of broadcasting. It's voiceover. It's live to the planet. Yeah. I've done the Grammys. I've done the Emmys. I've, you know, There's all these live glamour, glamour shows. and showbiz. It's and, so yeah. that is a real, real thrill. That's a, so, that's, yeah. that's really I'll cool. I'll light up on that one. All right, well,
1: if you could light up on this, oh. if I could get you to uh, create some sign, kind of sign-off here. sign, off here, and sign here. Uh, How much will it? Do I have to Initial contact your agent before here. I ask you to do this? Yeah, they, All right, if you could uh, incorporate as a, as a close here our, our catchphrase, which was actually created by our friend James Arnold Taylor mm-hmm. in the movie that we made, The Comedy Team of Pete and
0: James. By the way, plug your book again real quick. Living on Air, Adventures in Broadcasting, available as um, in a, uh, a regular book. One of those reading things? Uh, yeah, right. Which you can get at Amazon and, and Barnes and & Noble and it, all that. Is it at the library? <laughs> you can get it at the library. Remember
1: the library?
0: <laughs> and then you've got the e-reader, yes. uh, which is fun, which is available uh, everywhere. And there's the audiobook, which I was honored with two awards uh, this past— Oh, uh, yes. uh, uh, When was that? In, in December uh, in New York for, um, for the audiobook. Uh, because we wanted it to be more of a kind of a radio play and we really we we have original music in it Yeah. and we mixed it and and used sound effects so that it would be more like a like a radio yeah, play yeah it's really it's so much fun so it's that's available everywhere or you can go to livingonairbook.com and that's if you want a signed autographed book
1: ooh
0: um all right so if you I can... should have
1: brought you a book I already have one. Okay. I have the book and the audio. I have book. this pamphlet here. Yeah. Mm. I, I I helped feed your children a morsel of food with <laughs> my you. contribution. I appreciate and that. By, oh, yeah. here's the here's oh. the final question. Okay. Before oh, I there make is you one think. more question. What's the deal with you and sushi?
0: <laughs> I don't know. I like sushi. It's all I see really? on your social media. Uh the katsuya. Uh, in Brentwood, yeah. Uh, the manager one day said to me, "Hey, we do a roll of the week. Would you create a role? <laughs> so I created the Joe V O role. oh which man, which was delicious. And it's, all right, and so I promoted the hell out of it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's what I, I guess that's yeah, what it was yeah, exactly. Um, uh,
1: uh, oh, and where can people find you on on the social media, please? Ah, uh, well, uh,
0: Twitter. It would be at Joe Sip, which is J O E C I P C I P. Uh, Facebook dot com slash Joe Cipriano Vo, I think probably yeah, yeah maybe or uh, online at Joe dot com. There we
1: go. All right. Yeah. Uh, now, if you could incorporate the words, and again, this <laughs> yeah. created by uh, a character in our film, the comedy team of Pete and James, starring uh, uh, James Arnold Taylor. If you could incorporate, were if, you were you Pete? No, I was. I was not. Oh, okay. a main character. Okay. I directed and I had a peripheral role. Was there a Pete? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Watch the movie. All right, all right. Oh, I think gosh. I've seen it. Uh, you probably have. Yeah, everybody should see it. Yeah. Um, I need you to. Where would we go to see it? Uh, nowhere, because we uh, we need to re-release right. it, mm-hmm. and we don't have the rights for all the mu- music we okay. put into it. So let's
0: head it out. What I just asked you. <laughs> don't worry. We'll fix it in we'll post. Fix.
1: No, we're we're gonna release it's- it. Joe, let me wrap this up. All right, wrap this up for God's sakes. I I have to pee. I need you to final I need you to to give me the best Joe Cipriano lines to close this thing out, but I need the words get a monkey at the end. (laughs) Can you handle that? Oh my god And by the way, when you say it, I want you to think of the color orange (laughs) orange (laughs) when
0: you do it. All right Ladies and gentlemen, we're proud of the fact that the Internet has awarded the podcast of the year to Larry Morgan and snark monkey and snark monkey and don't forget wherever you go get a monkey is it get a monkey yeah wherever you go get a monkey get a monkey get a monkey get a monkey get a monkey, get a monkey. Get a monkey. all right
1: that was great could i get that with a little more energy this time <laughs>